The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the 18th chapter. Peter came up and said to Jesus, Lord, how often will my brother sin against me and I forgive him? As many as seven times? Jesus said to him, I do not say to you seven times, but seventy times seven. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who wished to settle accounts with his servants. When he began to settle, one was brought to him who owed him ten thousand talents. And since he could not pay, his master ordered him to be sold with his wife and children and all that he had, and payment to be made. So the servant fell on his knees, imploring him, Have patience with me, and I will pay you everything. And out of pity for him, the master of that servant released him and forgave him the debt. But when the same servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii and seized him. And seizing him, he began to choke him, saying, Pay what you owe. So his fellow servant fell down and pleaded with him, Have patience with me, and I will pay you. He refused and went and put him in prison until he should pay the debt. When his fellow servants saw what had taken place, they were greatly distressed, and they went and reported to their master all that had taken place. Then his master summoned him and said to him, You wicked servant, I forgave you all the debt because, that debt because you pleaded with me. And should not you have had mercy on your fellow servant as I had mercy on you? And in anger his master delivered him to the jailers until he should pay all his debt. So all my heavenly Father, so also will my heavenly Father do to every one of you if you do not forgive your brother from your heart. I know that I should read instructions when I buy power tools. I do like a little bit of woodworking, and when I bought my miter saw a couple of years ago, that thing's sharp. It's got a big spinning blade, and you want to make sure that you know what you're doing before you fire it up and use it. Yes, of course, I learned how to cut wood in my dad's shop. Yes, of course, I remember hold the board like this, not like this, because this is a great way to lose your thumb. I know you should be safe, but generally, uh, whenever I buy a power tool, I just kind of glance through it and see if there's anything important, and if there doesn't seem to be anything important, I don't read it. But I do know what's important, though. You always know what's important with something like that in the instruction manual because of the size and the density of the font that they use. Small fine print is generally something for, well, lawyers to care about. But if it's big block letters and it takes up half the page, maybe it's a good idea to take the time and just read what they have to say to you. And usually, of course, it's something about safety. You understand why they do that because that is the most important stuff for the person to know probably for their safety. Well, when Jesus gave us the Lord's Prayer in Matthew chapter 6, there are some big block letters there in and around the prayer. The whole prayer, of course, is important. We understand that. That's the prayer that Jesus gave us to pray, and we pray it all the time. But there is one part of the prayer that our Lord made absolutely sure that we knew, pay attention to this. This particularly is important. And that part is forgiveness. It's right there in the prayer itself. You probably thought about it a few times before. We don't just pray in the Lord's Prayer, forgive us our trespasses and lead us not into temptation. No, we pray, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Okay, fine, well, the other petitions all have their wording, and that's just how Jesus gave it. But when you look at Matthew chapter 6, when he gives the prayer, 
as soon as he's done with it, he has a postscript that jumps back to the forgiveness part. As soon as the prayer is done, but deliver us from evil, he then says, unless you forgive your brother from your heart, your father will not forgive you. If you want forgiveness from God, but won't give it to your neighbor, you're not going to be forgiven by God, in so many words. It's a glaring warning. We should not expect from God what we refuse to give other people. This is an important point for Jesus, so important that he gives it later on in our gospel lesson today in a parable to teach us about it. The man in the parable owed 10,000 talents. Now that is a big amount of money. We can all get in a lot of debt, and probably many of us have at certain times of our life, owed a bit of money to the bank or a lending agency. But usually, the amount of money that we as individuals can get into is eventually payable. If you work and are thrifty and don't spend lavishly on other things, you can pay off that debt in your lifetime. But not with 10,000 talents. It's not our unit of money, but just to give you a picture of how much it was, 10,000 talents back in that time and that place was the equivalent of a national debt. I'm talking COVID era, like printing money and national debt racking up, not into the billions. Remember when you used to let them out about all the billions of dollars of national debt? Oh, to go back to those days. No, trillions of dollars. One person owed the equivalent of what we would say would be trillions of dollars. He wasn't going to pay it back. He wasn't going to climb out of the hole that he had somehow miraculously dug for himself. So, all the more reason for this guy to have his disposition changed in life after what the master did for him, right? That he pleads for the master, don't, don't put me in jail, don't sell my family, don't do this. And the master has pity and says, okay, fine, it's wiped out, it's done. I'm going to write it off, you have absolutely nothing to worry about. He should have been fundamentally altered in his being and how he viewed other people, how he lived his life, right? I'd like to think if it were me, I would certainly have my mentality changed about how I interact with other people, especially concerning money. If I owed a great amount and the lender said, nope, you don't have to worry about it, then I would look over, look a lot of buddies that maybe borrowed 10 bucks for a meal and never bothered to pay me back. Hey, guess what? I don't care anymore. It's like having a near-death experience, right? You appreciate your life just a little bit more after that. But not this guy. Not the guy in the parable. Having had his debt wiped out, he refuses, as we hear, almost in the same breath, to go and do likewise. Everybody understands why this is wrong, don't we? You don't even have to be a Christian to get how this is ridiculous for this man to have the mentality that he does. In the first place, it is hypocritical. We always have this sense of natural disgust when we see someone with a brazen hypocrisy who will say one thing and do the other, right? So we have a standard for other people toward them, but then they don't keep the same standard for themselves. Of course, that is what this guy is doing. He's being a hypocrite, asking for and receiving grace, but refusing to show it for such a minuscule amount, which is what I think a hundred denarii is by comparison. But the second reason we understand why this is wrong is that it is vain. Think about it this way. 
by the man accepting his master wiping out the debt, he is saying it is okay for him not to be paid. He's kind of admitting that it's okay for that debt to be wiped out. But he refuses to think of himself in the same terms as the master does. Don't you see? When the buddy owes him some pocket change, he thinks of himself so highly, no, you must pay me back. I am owed this and I will choke you and throw you into jail until you pay the final amount. This sort of thing is wrong. It's hypocritical in its vein. If it's done between people, as the parable teaches, in matters of money and commerce and life, but how much more is it done, is it wrong if it is done with forgiveness? Forgiveness between us and God and us and each other as well. Now, let us be very clear this morning. I certainly want to be. Jesus is not in this parable or others that are similar to it trying to give cover for pathological narcissists, people that take advantage of other people and do their best to view forgiveness and pardons as weakness and an excuse to keep taking advantage of other people. Parables about forgiveness are not loopholes for bad behavior, and woe to him who takes them as such. He doesn't want to encourage continued rampant sin. But what he wants with this parable is for grace, is for mercy, is these things to be given as liberally as they have been received from God. Because otherwise, to want God's grace but to refuse to show it to others shows ourselves to be unfaithful, shows ourselves to be despisers of grace. And finally, unbelievers, to not appreciate it and not to not trust in the master who gives it. And the warning for those who would thus despise God's grace is ever stark and it is ever clear. So our lesson today, of course, is simple. To tie it in with the Reformation, I would say it this way. We have restored the authority of the word of God in the church above princes and bishops and hierarchies and apparatuses of that sort. We have the word and its authority, but what good is the word to us if we do not heed what it says in these particular matters? The word says, as you have been forgiven, so also forgive. We've recovered the Bible, so let's live our best, the best way that we can according to that Bible and the word of God in it. When you ask God for mercy, when you remember your debts that you owe to him, the debts that he has paid, remember their magnitude, remember how weighty they were, remember the figurative 10,000 talents that they are, and that'll help you, with God's help and the Holy Spirit, that'll help you to turn and see the neighbor who owes you a figurative 100 denarii and say, I'm glad to forgive you. I have been forgiven so much, I too forgive you. As God has forgiven your debts, be ever so quick and glad to forgive the debts of those who have wronged you. In Jesus' name, amen.